Well, greetings. You're on Deep Background for July 26th, 2017. We've moved the podcast from the studio to the newsroom. So if you hear some extraneous noises and yelping, you'll know that we're live, baby. We're live here. <laughs> or, or, in some or some profanity. That's right. <laughs> we'll have to edit that out, I guess. Glenn Rice with the star. Uh, not your comment, but any profanity will, of oh, course, yeah, have to yeah, go. Yeah. But Glenn Rice with the star joining us uh, for the podcast. Glenn, glad to have you with us. Thank you for having okay, me. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the search for a new police chief in Kansas City, which is reaching a climax of sorts this week, right? We're going to have, we have two finalists who will meet the public Thursday. Tell us about the two people the board has picked. The two finalists out of roughly 42 candidates are Major Richard C. Smith, or Rick Smith. He's currently is the division commander of the Central Patrol Division, which is located on East Linwood. He has been in with the department since 1988. He's held various positions with the department, including being a supervisor, a B-cop, worked in policy, uh, did a number of things. And right now, uh, uh, he is, like I said before, he's the commander of the Central Patrol Division. The other candidate is Keith Humphrey. He is currently the police chief of Norman, Oklahoma. Prior to that, he had a similar job in, Lake, in Lancaster, Texas. He has also had jobs in uh, Fort Worth as well as Arlington, Texas. Yeah. To, um, do we know, uh, Glenn, why these two candidates were the finalists? We, is there anything specific in their backgrounds? Obviously, it was clear they were going to take somebody from the existing force. They weren't going to unilaterally go outside of the existing police department to look for a chief. And there was a third candidate who decided to go to Dallas like 48 hours before yes. before the finalists were announced. But so run through that and then give us some ideas to whether there, there was something unique in either of these candidates that helped them stand out a little bit. That's what I'm still trying to figure out because uh, there were in We a all way, are in a way, aren't we? Yes. That, that why— Keith Humphrey and not some of the other. Yeah, because uh, from what I understand, in terms of Keith Humphrey, I think there was a push or a desire to at least have an outsider, someone who's not affiliated with the department. And I think that's uh, looked favorably upon maybe the mayor, for example. He wanted someone who hadn't been in the system, didn't was wasn't part of the current uh, network, and wanted to have somebody come and take take a fresh look. Maybe some things that, that Humphreys did as in, in in Norman, although it's a much smaller agency, some things that he's. Done Done that was kind of maybe be similar to what Forte did in terms of his interaction with the community uh, and you dealing with a population of the, of the urban core that is primarily, pri- primarily or predominantly minority or African-American. Right. We, we should be clear, Keith Humphrey is an African-American. He is an African-American. Major yes, Smith yes. Is, is Caucasian. Yes, and Major Smith, uh, he's he's been behind the scenes uh as he's done a lot of things, had a lot of assignments. And I think he says that everything he's done has prepared him for for this uh, position. He says that his resume may not look as polished or pristine as some of the other candidates, but uh, the proof is in the pudding in terms of what he's able to accomplish during his tenure with the department. Right, let's clean up this other thing first. There was a third finalist, yes, yes, Renee yes. Hall. Uh, yeah, you, Renee Hall, she was a deputy chief out of Detroit. The interesting story about her is her father was a Detroit police officer who died in the line of duty. She rose through the ranks, a, t- a graduate of Grambling State University in Grambling, Louisiana, uh, joined the department, worked through her way through the ranks, and was one of uh, several finalists 
finalist for the job in Dallas. She chose the job in Dallas. Uh, that job pays two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> they wrote a pretty so big check. Isn't pretty? Yeah. Uh, but there was real disappointment that she wasn't uh, avail- uh, available for consideration. Here. Yes, from what I understand that she came very in impressive. And blew them away. Yeah. Really blew the uh, the board away in terms of what she wanted to uh, put forth. Uh, you know, some things in place that she wanted to see done, and so. Uh, they were really, you know, disappointed. They wanted her yeah. real bad. But yeah. there are also some other candidates. Uh, uh, for understand that uh, 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 one of the uh, deputy chiefs from Kansas City, Kansas, was a was highly considered, uh, uh, as well as uh, from what I'm saying, that Mike Sharp had interviewed very sheriff, well, the Jackson sheriff County of Jackson sheriff. County. And then there were some deputy chiefs who, who had applied, too, as well as a lot of majors uh, who are currently with the department. So it's kind of interesting. I'm still trying to figure out, like, what happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's deal with Major Smith first. Do, do you do we perceive that there is any? Um, does he lead a faction of the department? He, from everything I've read, he seems to be fairly well liked by all the members of the of the rank and file, if you will. Yeah, he's a, he hasn't made a lot of enemies. It doesn't seem. It, does, like. it doesn't appear a way on on surface. I'm not saying that he he's a he's a former uh, officer with the uh, FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police. So the rank and file, uh, he's one of them. Uh, so I think he's perceived in that capacity. But he's also uh, you know has some make some connections within the community. Uh, probably as much as much as some people would like to think that he should. But apparently it was enough for the board to uh, consider him to be a finalist. So. And let's be let's be just clear in the podcast. He's the overwhelming favorite. It's been half a century since they've hired someone from outside of Kansas City. That Almost is, half. Yeah, it's like during the seventies. They hired a gentleman named Joseph McNamara, who was a captain out of New York. And he very controversial. Three year tenure to this day. Yeah, right. So so you know so they tend to. Uh, promote with, from within, uh, but to have a major, the last major who became chief was Rick Easley. That was a couple of chiefs ago. Uh, maybe not. It, it was some time ago. Some time ago. It was some time, but usually it's, it's usually a deputy chief. Forte right. was a deputy chief. Do we have any idea why the deputy chiefs didn't uh, come up higher on however they rank these finalists? No, so I, that, I, that's, you yeah. know that you would think that that would cause some friction within the department. You would maybe. think so because yeah. obviously. Uh, you know they have a. I mean, if you get passed over and you've you've risen to that rank and you get passed over, yeah. that's a pretty. That's a, a, a sign. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I don't. That's what I'm trying to find. Uh, I'm trying right. to uh, find that out. But uh, you know, I guess what uh, what Major what Major uh, Smith has said that while uh, those. Deputy Chiefs have, may have better resumes. Uh, he has put the work in to uh, do the job, and he's you know he's going to be the chief for the entire department, not just uh, yeah. you know those who are on the beat, right, or his, or his part of whatever yeah. groups he's worked. Yeah, right, with. exactly. So let's deal with uh, uh, Chief uh, Keith Humphrey again from Norman. Mm-hmm. Norman is. About the size of independence. Yes. And had two exactly. murders in 2016. Uh, it, you, it would seem as if his experience is not precisely congruent with what the demands of a Kansas City chief would be. Not in that capacity. However, he said he has been division commanders of larger uh, areas. Uh, for example, in Fort Worth and in Arlington, he says that... Uh, you know, one is division that he's responsible for had twice, if not three times, as many uh, many officers and responsibilities, or just as, as uh, varied. You know, he has applied for other jobs elsewhere. He was, from what I understand, he was a, a finalist for a chief job in Mesquite, Texas. Uh, I don't know if that was before or after right. he got the job in Norman, but 
I think his goal was always to be a uh, the major of a major metropolitan, a chief of a metropolitan city. You know, me. you get the sense, Glenn, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, we've written stories over the years about how hard it is to find a school superintendent in the Kansas City, Missouri district, in part because of the unique challenges of that district, but in part because the demand for superintendents is high. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there just aren't a lot of people to fill those jobs. And I get the sense with the police chief, you're hearing some of the same thing, that there are eight or nine cities out looking for a chief mm-hmm. and that there aren't, you know, there is, to paraphrase Ned Yost, there isn't a chief's tree yeah, right. where yeah, you exactly. can just pick these guys off. Exactly. Is that part of what, did that play a role here, do you think? that, Or is it the sense that nobody should apply because, look, they're going to hire from within, they always do? I think that's part of the reason probably why they did not get a chance to hire uh, Renee Hall, because she had her choice as to what right. agency she Went to uh, somebody said Seattle was Seattle interested. was yeah so so there was so she you know uh, situation like that yeah you are right that's not uh, a, a large pool of candidates to pu- to uh, pull from and uh, so uh, it, that is a challenge however this board was particularly uh, deliberate in their efforts to identify finalists and to move forward right. they hired a uh, a search form that they've used used before so they were able to whittle down that 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 number and then able to concentrate on just interviewing uh, I think uh, maybe a dozen or so f- uh, finalists spending uh, copious amounts of time with them and then uh, re- resp- you know yeah. uh, making their final selection you know we wrote on the editorial board and I wrote this line that neither candidate it seems to be the what I call the transformative chief that at least you get the sense that some people in the community wanted somebody that would in essence, really bring some reforms to the department, whatever those reforms might yeah. be. Now, the de- police department resists reform in all, at almost every level, yes. every time it's suggested. They, in many ways, resemble the Department of 1950 more than anything else. Yes, without a doubt. But, yeah. but, but there is some disappointment, isn't there, Glenn, that, that maybe this chance to bring some fresh blood in with new ideas may have been missed. Yeah, that that is that is a poss- that is true. Uh, you know, I think the mayor was really wanted to bring somebody in from the outside to shake things up, not for the sake of shaking things up, but t- taking a new look at things. And so, uh, yes, I think there's some concern about but be- that. Because let's let's just be frank, the new chief, whether it's Rick Smith or Keith Humphrey, has enormous challenges, doesn't he? I mean, yes, we've got yes. we've got recommendations of structural reform and mm-hmm. how, how people are deployed. And then the violent crime rate is unacceptable by almost any measure. Yes. So, so you know, it, it's it's a tough job in addition to being in demand and, and, and the history of the department. The next chief has enormous uh, challenges, doesn't With, he? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that the staffing study will uh, have to be thoroughly uh, vetted uh, by the department, especially by the board. Now, the board can just take the recommendations up to the chief to implement those changes uh, the way that he will see fit. Uh, the, the, department, the, the board can't tell the chief to put more officers on the street. All they can do is kind of give him some direction and evaluate those decisions that he right, makes. Right. So that's going to be critical. Uh, community leaders, neighborhood groups, they want to see more officers, but they want to see officers who more who are more engaged in the community, not yeah. just drive by, but actually stop and talk to them. Right. And one of the recommendations, this is, I think this is a classic example. One of the recommendations that I recall is that they abandon this idea of two officers in a car, that mm-hmm. they go back to single officers, which is kind of an informal policy. They don't have a requirement of two officers. No. They do not. I think they but do. you can just see the rank and file guys resisting that uh, recommendation uh, at almost every level. Yeah, I think some of them prefer the two uh, 
officer cars. Right. Because some prefer one. I oh, get yeah, that. But yeah. I, I'm just saying that if the new chief, if Keith Humphrey came in and said, tomorrow only single people in a car, the pushback would yeah, be enormous. Would be, yes, without a doubt. People don't really understand, uh, and the fire department is the same way, how these quasi-military operations become very entrenched in, very so. in their ways over time and mm-hmm. very resistant to change. It, we don't have any sense, do we, Glenn, that the Kansas City Department is is not of that caliber. No, not yes, you are correct. We didn't we don't not we do not have any sense of that. I think some of the reforms at Forte uh, had presented met some resistance internally, but I think over the long haul I've had captains and majors say at first I did I didn't agree with it. Now looking back on it it made it, it makes right. sense now. You know the last transformational chief I can remember in Kansas City was Steve Bishop and he, he came in and really tried to do a, a lot of things and made some friends, but lots of enemies. Lots of enemies. I mean, people, you know, I was in television at the time, but <laughs> the officers were calling and saying, here's another thing. I mean, they, so so the pushback against anyone that's transformative is, is, yeah, is huge. And, and I think with... And frankly, uh, Bishop had his problems. I mean, yes. it wasn't just that he was transformative. Is you know, he, he wanted a certain type of officer on yep. the street. He wanted an officer to look a certain way. And so, and logically, in some cases, you do want that. You do want healthier officers. But uh, I think the, because Bishop was a Marine, so he went, so he brought that approach towards right. the, uh, uh, that, that, uh, towards that position. With Forte, I think there was more uh, the wellness of the officer internal, you know, because they right. deal with a lot of stress, so he wanted to change well, a Forte's lot of that. other thing was really an aggressive community outreach. I mean, he went to crime scenes all the time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of unique in my experience in Kansas City. The chief doesn't really respond that often to specific incidents, mm. but the chief would do it and tweet about it. Yes. Is, does, has our expectation now changed? Will Rick Smith have to go to every murder scene and tweet about it, or I think will he adopt his own approach if he, he's the choice? He will adopt his own approach. Rick Smith says he's a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Uh, he likes to delegate some uh, responsibilities. Uh, he's is receptive towards ideas and implementing those ideas, if they're good ideas. I, I don't see him on Twitter. I don't see him right. on Instagram. Uh, so you'll get a different approach towards policing and the face of Kansas City Police Department if Rick Smith is hired. I think with Keith Humphrey, he's more media savvy. He does things uh, that have met some concern in Norman, but he's been very open. What I mean by that was there was this YouTube video or video of a... a I, I read something yeah, about a little of this. Recruitment. And so uh, they thought that it demeaned... Uh, we had, you had an officer singing a song from Frozen, and so that met with some resistance because the people's image, particularly in that community of a police officer, was more of a, tradi- uh, a traditional one, right. where Humphrey said he wanted to appeal to younger uh, millennials, if you will, to see if they were interested in a career in law enforcement. So he took that approach. So. Right. But just so we're clear, that department, I think, is about 250 people total. total. Kansas City is closer to 1,900 yeah, total. Yeah, I, so I, yeah. it's very... Very much smaller, and he would have a really steep learning curve, one would assume, out of the box Without a doubt. to deal with that kind of bureaucracy, which, let's also be clear, the chief has to do that sometimes. Yes. I mean, I think yes. the idea that somehow, well, you just hire the budget guys and hire the that, that's part of it, but the chief's, the, my experience has been the chief really does have to make some pretty intense calls on sort of bureaucratic things over time. Yeah, with that. Promotions and demotions. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I had spoken with Humphrey about 
going from a department the size of Norman to one as Kansas City. He referred to Bill, Bill Bratton, the former police commissioner in New York, and when they asked him how does he handle 50,000 police officers, he says, I don't handle 50,000 police officers. I handle deputy chiefs yeah, who, who, handle. who handle them, and he's right. I, I lead the rest of the department. Right, so. and there's some argument to be made for that, but my own experience is that the chief is really an important job in the Kansas City Department, right? It isn't a figurehead. It isn't. No, no, I mean, no. you are really roll up your sleeves, hands on. And, and uh, visiting fourteen, even visiting Zimmerman, their desks are stacked with papers and yeah. you know disciplinary issues, uh, policy issues, financial issues they have to deal with. So uh, so it's a very demanding job. So and usually chiefs only last about six years. That's been the going rate for any chief of, of police in Kansas City. Uh, Corwin served seven as well as Clarence Kelly, but most of them served five or six years. Yeah. So. Now, we've talked a little bit about how the new chief, whoever it is, will interface with the officers under his command. But what? Uh, how does the broader community see the police department these days, Glenn, in your view? I mean, you know, we, we have avoided mm-hmm. the Minneapolis yes. problem, the Ferguson problem, you know, to date. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's luck or skill, we're not sure completely. But mm-hmm. but what's your guess as to what the broader Kansas City community wants from the new chief and wants from its police department? They want a visible chief. They want someone who understands their problems and concerns, willing to meet and sit down with them, not just be a figurehead. Uh, they want some personal connection. That's one thing that Forte was able to do. He he showed up at community meetings. He showed up at right. restaurants and made himself very visible and accessible. So that's what they want. They want officers uh, to to be responsive, to be, uh, when when they call 911, they want somebody to answer it, and they want somebody to get there and, and address their problems or concerns right. uh, as quickly as, as possible. Uh, they don't want an occupying force in their neighborhoods, but they want to feel protective, if you will. Right. So, so And they want a police department that, that reflects the community, both uh, uh, gender-wise and uh, ethnically. And so. we don't. I just don't, wrote, yes. reported on that. Yes. It's about yes. the uh, about 15% African-Americans in the yes. force. That's half of what African-Americans are in the general population yeah. in Kansas City. Same for Latinos. And it's the, the recruitment of women has been very poor as well. You, you, but the other thing is, don't, don't you think the community, a broad community, wants the police department to prevent crime rather than just respond to it. Yes. I mean, that's the expectation. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. That and it might not have been 40 or 50 years ago. You yeah. Know, yeah. That, and, but I th- and one thing that, now that's a very tall bar for yeah, any chief. Yeah. Police. And I don't know if they can prevent Forte and everybody would say that there's no way police can prevent homicides per, per se. They can do crime prevention. They can do some, uh, 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 predictive uh, action. Right. We do Nova. We have the spot shot or all the other yes. stuff that's supposed to deter crime. Yeah. But there's no evidence that in the long term that's going to be highly effective, right? I mean, well, uh, some people will tell you it's very, in fact, that didn't the mayor, I think the mayor or maybe Leland Sharon said this when they announced the finalists that we shouldn't judge these candidates on the murder rate, which I'm not sure everyone would agree with. In case. Uh, no, but I think that uh, the folks at Casey Nova would say, uh, they know in the city where homicides occur. They know there's a certain geographical area where they happen. They know who was more likely to be involved. So their thing is using predictors to go out through people who may be engaged in those activities and get to them first, but also get to the people who are in the network, uh, not just their associates, but relatives. Right. So hopefully they can provide some influence to help deter uh, crime. Right. So I th- and, and all that's important. I guess what I'm getting at is 
are our expectations of a new chief higher than they should be? I mean, do we expect this hire to be made and suddenly the murder rate, which is, you know, just almost out yeah, of control, right, right. will drop in half? And I, I don't think that's likely. I, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's likely Whether you either. pick Rick Smith or Keith Humphrey? No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's or likely. Or Renee Hall if she'd call Yeah, me. right. <laughs> that's, but it ain't going to happen. Right, so. right, right, right. <laughs> but, right. yeah, that is a pretty high, and that's a pretty lofty expectation. Uh People want to feel safe. They, they, Rick Smith says that people are, are tired of hearing, uh, finding shell casings in the neighborhood. They're tired of hearing gunshots go off at night, and they want to have a have a police department that responds to that and somehow or another buffers them from uh, those those concerns, uh, those issues that they face every day. So. Yeah, it's very clear that of all the problems in Kansas City, violent crime is at the very top of the list. With, I mean, we yeah, have, without a doubt. Making neighborhoods safer and better is job one for almost everyone. And we have this weird state control bifurcated mm -hmm. system mm -hmm. that sometimes diffuses responsibility. But the next, I guess the point I'm making is the next chief is an important person. It's not yeah, picking right. someone to run, you know, I don't know, the water department. I just picked that out. Yeah, right, right, right. The water department's important too. You got to yeah, have water. Yeah, but I yeah. guess just in terms of public perception and the importance in a community, the violent crime rate it, it dominates almost everyone's thinking about no, Kansas without City. A doubt. People want to feel safe. People want to be able to uh, know if they go out there, they're going to come home. And, you know, they want to be able to drive in certain neighborhoods or certain parts of the city that's accessible to everybody and not feel they have to look out over the shoulder and, you know, and, right. and, and, feel, and feel safe. One thing I want to add to that, I think that uh, Kansas City is on a fast track to select a new chief because of the looming concern that Governor Grinies may have over the board. We had talked about that before, how uh, right now there are vacancies on the police board. Right now, this, the next chief would be selected by three people. Uh, Angela Wessenhunt, Wassenhunt, uh, Leland Sherd, and Sly James. I don't know what role Mike Rader, who's the other board member, uh, has played, has, has played yeah. if anything else. Yeah. But one thing that Leland uh, Sherman, the board president, has indicated that he's engaged uh, the two uh, individuals that, grow, that Governor Griders has have initially uh, uh, recommended to uh, serve on the board, engage them throughout this whole process. I think in, in Bishop Mark Tober was at uh, the announcement of, of the finalists last week. So uh, so I think uh, they want to get this done as soon as yeah, possible. Yeah, and so. we should be clear, these two new appointees from Governor Griders may be reappointed fairly quickly Very, because yeah. the Senate is adjourned, the House has adjourned the special session, so that sort of concern has gone away, so it may be in the next couple of days. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, certainly in the, within the week they may be appointed. But they have not played a major role no. in, in interviewing these potential no, I think they, they No, they have not. They, they were invited and they sat in on the interviews. Right. As far as I've been told, I don't know. Yeah. Beyond that, I, I really don't know. Let me just say that it, again, reflects the weirdness of the way we uh, run our police department mm -hmm. in Kansas City, yes, that yeah. this would even be an issue. No mm -hmm. other city in America has to sort of guess who is and isn't hiring the yeah. chief of police. And neither finalists said they had problems with state control. Rick right. Smith says this system he's always worked under. Uh, Keith Humphrey said he doesn't have an issue with it. He, he'll answer. He, he says above anything else, he has to answer to the people. And so, you know, so that's how he functions. Well, we'll see in, an, in the next couple. Do we have a sense, final question, how quickly they will pick someone? Now, we do have the Thursday night public meeting thing. Mm -hmm. And then, I, presumably, the process accelerates. Yeah, very much so. I 
don't know. I think I'll try to find out yeah. later on. But they they want sometime in August. The goal was to have something done by the end of August. Last week, right. Leland Sherwin said uh, he wasn't sure. Uh, but I think they want to get this done as but quickly as possible. certainly want something by Labor Day. At least, yeah, yeah. At the very least, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Glenn Rice with the Star. Thank you, sir. Reporter extraordinaire. Thanks for being here. You're so nice. Yeah, well, I do what I can. <laughs> You're so nice. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Again, uh, my name is Dave Helling with the editorial board. We thank you for listening to uh, the podcast and any comments or advice you might have for our discussions, feel free to send them on and we'll we'll take them under advisement, as they say. Glenn, again, thanks for being here. My name is Dave Helling with the Star's editorial board and you have been on Deep Background. <laughs>